Hello there. It's time for most things Kenobi. I prefer all things Kenobi, but I suppose that's not the Jedi way. As long as it's not all things Anakin. Welcome to another episode of Most Things Kenobi, a podcast about Obi-Wan Kenobi and all things Star Wars. I'm your host, Leanne. And I'm your host, Lauren. And this week, we are talking about the genius and the talent that is Sam Witwer. Dun-dun-dun. <laughs> the voice of Darth Maul, amongst other things. He's also an on-screen actor. He does other voice acting, um, other Star Wars characters, um... He's, does it, yeah. he's done it all, and he does it well, honestly. He's an amazing yeah. talent. So talented. Really amazing. Kind of blew my mind, honestly, when when I was first watching Clone Wars. It's crazy when you look at Sam Witwer, and then you hear him talk. He's very eloquent. He's well-versed in Star Wars stuff. I mean, he is a nerd like the rest of us. He is, yeah. he is into it, which is great because... That comes across in how he portrays his character and the amount of passion he puts into it. But then you hear him transform his voice yeah. into Darth Maul, and he puts so much into it. It's I know. like it's like it's like heavy metal, like frontmen who sing. It's like how do they not lose their voice? Like how does that even happen? You know, it's so true. It's so physical. And if you ever have seen footage of him doing the recording sessions, you can see he's very like physically moving his body to get some of the yes. passion, especially the famous Kenobi scream. Yes, my favorite. <laughs> I think a lot of people's favorites, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. He actually did it on, um, I think it was on, um, not, I was going to say Star Wars Day, but not Star Wars Day, the Disney Plus Day. Oh, yes, he, yes. Because everyone was waiting for the Kenobi stuff to drop, yes. so he did like a recreation of the <laughs> that scene. Which... which Thank you, Whitworth, for understanding us enough to go ahead and just kind of like troll us all with that. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah. Oh my God. He's got a. He's got such a like wicked sense of humor. I. I love it. I truly appreciate that. Yeah, and he's damn intelligent. He's very intelligent. Yeah. He gets it, and he's so versed in Star Wars lore. Mm-hmm. It's kind of mind blowing. Yes. Like, it's not even just that he knows it. He analyzes it at a whole different level than most people. It's pretty incredible. Granted, he's had the opportunity to pick both Dave Filoni and George Lucas's brain on the subject. True. So, My goodness. Um, yeah. Like, he would win a Star Wars trivia night. No problem. <laughs> Speaking of which, can we just, can we give you props right now for your first Star Wars <laughs> Instagram hosted trivia that night that you did the other night. It was amazing and fun. Thanks. I'm glad it was fun. It was a little bit uh, long. That's for sure. I think next time I'll probably ask less questions, but. Well, it, you asked some questions that I had no idea and I learned a little bit myself. Oh, well, I don't, I'm glad. I don't claim to know everything, but that oh, proved it. <laughs> me either. I tried to like make sure the questions were something that I at least had a general idea of the answer before I even like officially wrote the question down. But I was really proud of myself for stumping most of everybody on that last question. Yeah, that last question was impressive. And um, 
the amount of knowledge that our listeners have, the listeners that showed up to this. Thank oh you, my gosh, by the way. Yes. You're all amazing and hilarious. The chat was lit. I loved it. Oh, my God. Um, it was so much fun. <laughs> I was laughing my ass off. It was a great time. Everybody's so smart and witty and like right? friendly to everyone. was yes. just kind to each other. It was really, really refreshing. But Sam Witwer would have beat all of us. Oh, he would have kicked our ass. Yeah. Yeah, he would have come in with hyphens and punctuation marks and things you know the things we were talking with <laughs> you were asking for proper spelling and punctuation for some of those but sam Whitwood would have shown up with all the appropriate hyphens yes. and like <laughs> in character for all of the <laughs> ah, i didn't think of that but that's great yes oh my god hey sam can we get you on a trivia night huh oh my god come co-host trivia night that would be fun <laughs> We're from the same area. We we're from the same part of true. Chicago are... suburbs. So, yes. Come on home. <laughs> You're like in the land of Lucas and Sam Witwer. Oh yeah, because George Lucas lives in Chicago. You're right. He's got a place in Chicago. Yeah. Yeah, I think his wife is kind of like an executive out here, so they have a very fancy condo downtown on Michigan Avenue. Yeah. We can't talk about <laughs> Sam Witwer. Without talking about Darth Maul. The two are forever linked. Yes. Synonymous. Well, I was watching Clone Wars, you know, obsessively, binge watching Mm -hmm. it. And it was great. And then Darth Maul shows up. And the minute he started speaking, Mm -hmm. my attention just went funnel focus on it. Because nobody else was performing their characters that way. Mm Mm-mm. It was like coming out of the person's soul performing yes. Darth Maul. And I had no idea who Sam Witwer was. So I immediately started looking him up just to see, like, who is producing this voice? It's insane. Yes. And in fact, for those who don't know, we always do this for our, our listeners who aren't in the know. Mm-hmm. Sam Witwer is currently 44 years of age as of the time of this recording. And he's mm-hmm. a cutie. He's a handsome, handsome man. Yeah. And the voice on him, it's naturally deep and kind of, you know, it's there's some gut to it. Like, mm-hmm. the, he has a lot of volume. But the way he evokes, like, the pain, the torment, mm-hmm. the darkness of the character of Darth Maul, it just comes so flawlessly. It, I'm blown away every time I ever see a, a, a clip of him doing Darth Maul in, like, the recording studio. It's amazing. Yeah. Look it up if you haven't seen him actually do it. It's, it's really incredible. phenomenal acting. I wonder if he's, like, very physically exhausted after performing I'd have to believe so. It just seems to, like, be draining. And I'm sure they don't get it in one take. Not because he's not amazing, but because there's different variances they probably want to capture. I don't Mm -hmm. claim to know anything, but I would assume there's more than one take on any given day, right? Sure. So you have to do it over and over and over and to evoke that. And that goes for any actor or actress, really, in a crying scene or a really emotional scene or a highly you know, intense scene where you have to just keep doing it over and over and over. And I don't know how they do it. Voice actors, physical actors, any of them. I don't know how they do it. They'd probably just go home and pass out. (laughs) Totally. I would. Yeah. I don't do it. And I just go home and pass out after I work. (laughs) I'm weak. Our work is just regular typing away sitting at the desk computer work so now add screaming kenobi at the top of your yeah i can't imagine oh but it's so good it's so (laughs) classic he's literally gone and rewritten that character basically they took ray park in han solo or solo a star wars story Mm -hmm. his body his face and put sam witwer's voice over it yeah right yeah which they did in phantom menace 
Ray Park wasn't the voice in Phantom Menace, so he's just he's just got that very specific physical. He does, and he's really really good at wielding a lightsaber. Like, oh my, oh my gosh. gosh, yeah, he like invented the the oh, staff fighting style. It was incredible. It was amazing, and then he did the the mocap for it in season seven, season seven also for Clone Wars. That's right. I forgot yeah. they did that. You're right. Yeah, which was pretty badass. so amazing. Yeah, actually. So kudos to Ray Park for like actually bringing the physicality of Darth Maul originally, mm-hmm. right? Although I will say I would not mind seeing a live action version of Maul starring Sam Witwer. Oh, he could he could, he could do, do it. it. It's <laughs> it's the same thing as Matt Lanter being a live action Anakin. It would be pretty fucking great to see like live action versions of Clone Wars episodes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Ashley Eckstein as Ahsoka. Oh Bring it. Yes. Bring it. She could do it. Shut up and take my money. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so Sam Witwer doesn't just voice Maul in Clone Wars. Mm. The first time he was on Clone Wars was in the Mortis arc, which most people I think know this by now, but he played the mm. son. He was so good as that. Yes. And not immediately recognized as Sam Witwer if you listen to it. I mean, Mm-mm. he changes his voice. I mean, I, that... That's the thing about voice actors is I don't know how they do it. I mean, well, that one he said is his own voice. Yeah, yeah, and then he. Oh my but God, I didn't. I, I didn't immediately put it to like Sam. Sam. I Whitmer didn't either. Like, I I had watched it, got to the part with Maul, and then looked up the actor, and I was like, "Wait a minute! I've already seen him in Clone Wars. What the hell?" Yeah, yeah. Actually, the first time I watched the Mortis arc, I thought it was Matt Lanter doing both parts. Oh. Because their really? voices were so similar at the yeah, time. Yeah, they do ha- have very deep voices, both of them. Because I was like, maybe they're trying to make like a mirror of Anakin, so they're having Lanter mm-hmm. do like mm-hmm. a darker mm-hmm. version. But then that I found out it was, it was Sam Witwer, and I was just like, my mind is just blown. It is exploding <laughs> inside my brain. He's also the voice of, if anyone is familiar with the video games, he is Starkiller, which is the apprentice of Darth Vader. Yeah. In the years following Revenge of the Sith, as I recall. Mm-hmm. And his, his, the, the character, well, Galen Merrick, also known as Starkiller, is actually modeled after Sam Witwer physically. Yeah, because he, well, he said that his friend, I think it was like a friend of his, was working on the project, texted him and said, could you send us a headshot? Because I'm working on this thing for Star Wars and like you already look like the character. Mm-hmm. And he, he said something about, like, Darth Vader's apprentice. And, and then Witwer was like, excuse me, Darth Vader has an apprentice? <laughs> and so he... Dun, da, da, da. Yeah, he sent over <laughs> his headshot and everybody could already see him as the character because he already looked like the character at the time. So then they just motion captured him and it's pretty awesome. I've always wanted to get into the... Is it Force, Un- Force Unleashed? The Force Unleashed, yes. Yeah. They're novels, too, aren't they? They were novelized, I think. I think they turned them into books if they, unless they started as books and became games. But I thought they were the games first. He also does other things besides acting. He has a new album out. An album? I don't know. I did not know this. Yeah, he has a band called The Crash Tones. And they just released a full album recently. It's kind of, I love the art that he uses for all of 
his crash shown stuff. It's so like, it's got like a tone of the 80s, but also like 1950s sci-fi. It's so great. I love the the aesthetic. I see it. I like it. Mm-hmm. I'm very excited to listen to it and see. And it makes sense because he's so good with his voice and he has such nice tone mm-hmm. that it's mm-hmm. no surprise that he would be like a great singer as well. So I'm excited to check that out. They have some other, I think they might have an older album too, but this one is new. And then he also has a book, a Dungeons and Dragons book that he did with his brother. I love that. Yeah, it's like a collection of art. Let's see, Dungeons and Dragons, Art and Arcana. Art and Arcana? I don't know how to say it, but... How interesting. I love this, though. It's super cool. It's like a visual history, like an art book, kind of, of... The history of Dungeons and Dragons, which totally makes sense. He is so of that era. He really is, though. It's so classic. <laughs> Turns out he also voices in the Star Wars Squadrons video game, which is actually one that I really wanted to try, but I'm oh, terrible yeah. at like flight in flight gaming. First person shooters and any kind of flying game, too much for my brain. Too yeah. much. I'm 38 and it's too much. <laughs> give me a good old role play game and let me explore my countryside on my own pace (laughs) i can't do these things that require eyesight (laughs) but anyway you work by candlelight (laughs) i I inscribe all of my stories into stone That's why I we, never finish them. We, <laughs> we send messages to each other via carrier pigeon. I love it. <laughs> I actually think he does like background voices for almost all Star Wars stuff. I know he did one he in like every sequel trilogy episode. He did background voices. He did mm-hmm. Stormtrooper voices, I think, in Rogue One. So, mm-hmm. yeah, he's on the roster, I guess, for like all things Star Wars. I love it. Well, it, it makes sense because he's fantastic. Yeah, I would love, though, one day, please, give him a live action role in Star Wars. Like... In Star Wars, yes. Yeah. Ugh, I, I am waiting for that day. Because it, it would be so good. Because he's super good in live action, too. Like, I love to show being human. I was just going to ask you about that. Because you told me about it. And I watched a couple scenes. And I'm like, oh, God. Yeah, it's a little... <laughs> it's saucy. <laughs> <laughs> you have we to like not sauce. mind... Yeah, you not mind a lot of blood because there's a lot of blood because he's a vampire, which is just its own its own thing altogether. But the premise of the show is that a ghost, a werewolf, and a vampire share a house in Canada. Oh my god, in Canada? What could I go love wrong? This. <laughs> I love that it's in Canada. Well, I know it was filmed there. Maybe it doesn't take place there. I think it's maybe it's Boston, but I'm for sure. No, 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 no. I want them to be in Canada. It it gives a whole peaceful edge to the fact that it's a ghost, a werewolf, and a vampire. But they're all very friendly. We love Canada here. I love Canada. I spend half of my life in Canada. Well, because whenever I can. (laughs) Conveniently located for you. I am conveniently located, yes. When I lived in L.A., people thought I was from Canada because I have the oh, Midwestern. Your, your voice, yeah. You know what's funny is that, that just reminded me that every single place I've ever worked throughout my career has been attached to Canada by one of its borders. Literally. Really? And I won't say where be- to protect privacy and what have you, but yeah, 
every single one of the places. So now everybody's brains are running like, ooh, which states has she been to? Mm. You've but been to many. I've always been very con- very conveniently located to Canada, and I've always taken advantage of that. So That's nice. I've always wanted to go there. Never saw any vampire Sam Whitworth, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, you really missed out then, girl. I missed out. <laughs> what cabin are they in? I need to go. <laughs> they're they're like in a like a, a historic like row house. That makes sense. I'm pretty sure it's supposed to take place in Boston. But either way, the uh, the show is super entertaining. It's a remake of a British show. I've not seen the British show. I've only seen parts of it. But I did watch all of the American version because Sam Whitworth's in it. And he's great. It's very wumpy. There's a mm. lot of, like, brutality in it, so it's not for mm-hmm. everybody, but, yeah, it was entertaining. Well, one of my best friends loved the show Riverdale, and Sam Witwer is a recurring character on Riverdale, which I have never seen any of those episodes, but when we were at Comic-Con, my best friend got to go meet the cast of Riverdale. Really? But Sam was not there. Oh, it's Ooh. too bad. I know. Because we were excited, thinking maybe yeah. Darth Maul would be at a panel. But yeah, no. But he also uh, starred on Riverdale, which is a very popular television I've series. I've never seen any of Riverdale, but I've heard good things. Do you know that he also voices Hugh Scion in the Star Wars Resistance television series? Which I... Hey, it is what it is, but I had no desire to watch that one. No offense. I, no I offense. Tried. I tried. I, it, the shading and animation isn't my style. Well, I I tried it. I gave it a good like a good try, and it just didn't grab me. Yeah, I think it's honestly it's for younger generation. Maybe I don't Is know. Is that it? I okay, think well, so. I passed it by not because I'm. I mean, we don't have to consume it, so everything. It's true. Listen, we don't have I can't. To. At this point, I can't keep up with two things: Star Wars and Marvel. It's out of my control at this point. It used to be within my control of being like well up on everything and there's just too much. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. There's something for everybody out there in Marvel and Star Wars, but it's too much for one person to try and thank God there's multiple podcasts and multiple media outlets out there who's covering it because otherwise I'd be lost. (laughs) Well, it's if it's a full time job to even like follow even on a small remote level, the amount of content coming out, it's probably too much content. So, yeah, I can't keep up with it either. And honestly, I'm a little annoyed because it's like they're not even staggering properly. It's like stuff barely ends before the next thing Mm -hmm. comes in. And it's just Mm -hmm. like a constant deluge of content, which is honestly making it harder to absorb and appreciate what already exists. So I'm okay with stuff slowing down a bit, but maybe that just probably makes me sound like an old geezer. No, not at all. I don't think so. I mean, we originally, original trilogy people didn't get anything for like, what, 30 years? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, forever. And now it's like every six months something new is coming out. Mandalorian is already on season three, and we haven't even gotten any of the other stuff coming out. It's like uh, Book of Boba Fett. I liked Boba Fett when we didn't know anything about him. It was spookier. Now we're going to get a whole this fucking show. So It's true. I'm like okay with some stuff not having answers to the questions. Sometimes it's fun to just have it be a mystery. I'm going to admit something publicly for the first time are you sure you want to do this i think i'm ready (laughs) i think i'm ready i'm here to catch whatever it is you're ready to throw okay listeners don't hate me well you can hate me i can't control you i have never liked boba fett (gasps) i don't care i don't care i have never cared that's how i feel about Django. (laughs) 
I just don't oh. care. <laughs> Got his head chopped off? Oh, well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's sad. Oh, whatever. It has literally nothing to do with the actor. The actor's awesome. Oh, yeah, no, this is this this is complete separation. It's really more like character, like, I just liked Boba standing in the background being a mystery. At Empire Strikes Back, he shows up, and it's like, who the fuck is that? Who is this guy? Yeah. He's got a really embarrassing death in Return of the Jedi, but... Well, let's talk about Return of the Jedi, because Sam Witwer thinks it's genius, and I agree with Sam Witwer. Yeah, his explanation of it is just, like, fucking mind-blowing. He really gets Luke. Luke... Well, I don't know if it's still, since now there's all sorts of new characters, but he has originally said that Luke was his favorite character. Oh, Sam. I know, right? Me too. (laughs) Me too, Sam. (laughs) (laughs) But for real, like, he he just gets it. I mean, have you ever, have you ever heard him talk about Return of the Jedi? Yeah, I, there's a YouTube video that I've seen. It's actually, I think, a, maybe like a radio interview or like a podcast interview, but I'll share yeah, it the sounds YouTube. like a radio interview. Yeah, it's so good. Because like, you know, everyone shit talks the Ewoks. And I'm here to admit, I think the Ewoks are fucking annoying. But I understand why they're important. Yes, right. And so does <laughs> Sam Witwer. But just, just, just to, if my best friend is out there, my male best friend. If he's listening, he literally just lost his mind at you saying you you I'm think so the Ewoks. Sorry. He loves the Ewoks. Forgive me. They are knee you know. high Wookies. <laughs> <laughs> they are, actually. They really are. <laughs> <laughs> Forgive me, my friend. But yes. like it goes on too long. But I understand why they're important and it's the whole element of nature versus technology and like natural compassion versus sterile mechanical technology that's going to come and overrun you still need the soul right and the soul is the representation the the ewok is the representation of mother earth and the soul and in fact it's a theme we see repeated in a lot of dave filoni's works and a lot of the star wars stuff that we see with you know filoni but kind of behind it is Mm -hmm. this overarching theme of the little guy wins even with less technology less skill but it's because they have the heart and the soul and they're defending something they love Mm -hmm. and and they have the jedi helping them and it's 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 a thing you see repeated in star wars yeah um quite a bit in the clone wars but it originates i think with the ewoks and Luke is there, and Sam Witwer goes on to describe that Luke is there to show, like, hey, Han, chill. We don't need to use force. Give him, give them your gun. Mm-hmm. They're not going to cook us over the spit, over the fire, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, like, they're, you know, Leia had compassion for them. And it, it's, I think Sam compared it to, like, Yoda. It's mm-hmm. the thing you're not expecting yeah. that teaches you the lesson. Like, you're expecting this g- grandmaster, you know, giant powerful jedi but really it comes in pocket size yoda you know and so it's kind of the same thing with the ewok yeah because witwer was saying like a lot of people are like why is luke even on endor yeah that's what he was bringing up he could just like bypass it and go right to his confrontation with the emperor and like nowadays they would probably do that with the character but Mm -hmm. back in the 70s and like early 80s when they were making these movies like george lucas was holding firm to his mythology Mm -hmm. the original mythology that that Star Wars was based on. And so Luke goes to Endor. This is all Sam Witwer's theory yes. that we're talking about. This is not 
mine, but I completely agree with it. So do I. Luke goes to Endor to be that bridge, right, of like showing that he did learn a lesson in Empire Strikes Back from Yoda, and he's Mm -hmm. passing that on to Han. And the whole point, like I love what what we were saying about the scene in the hut when the the Ewoks are kind of talking amongst themselves and Mm -hmm. Leia says, you know, what's going on? I don't know. And then they take a quick cut to Luke. He knows what's going on. Like, he knows what they're saying. He knows what they're talking about. And he's like, my work here is done. Mm-hmm. This is why I was here and now. Because, like, he even says, I shouldn't have come. I endangered the mission. Yeah. You know, earlier in the movie. And then he right, realizes, right. this is why I was here. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And it, like, ties the ending together. It, like, ties those points together. And I think that mm-hmm. was a really beautiful observation by Sam that, like, yes. It's like, kind of like, get it, but he verbalizes stuff so well. Yes, he really does. He's, he really knows his stuff. Yeah. And it shows in the way that he very eloquently describes what I think we all get with Star Wars, but he, it's it's the same thing as listening to Dave Filoni speak about it. Mm -hmm. You know, these people that really digest the Star Wars and then present it in in a way that's like, yeah, I knew that, but they... They say it so well. Mm-hmm. And Sam Wirt was one of them. He loves Star Wars. Yeah. He loves it. He could teach a master class, honestly. He really could. <laughs> and in fact, I would be, I would sit up front. I never sit up front. I would sit up front for that class. <laughs> I never sit up front either, and I would too. Of course, we'd be the two in the back, like <laughs> snickering all the time. <laughs> like, this is boring. <laughs> I definitely like to hide in the back of the classroom, even in like stuff I like. I don't want to be up front. But I would no. for that. Like we were for Clone Wars panel. Yes, we were. Oh man, I wish he was at that. That'd have been badass. I, I know. I did see him at Star Wars Celebration the next year. You though. did. Yes. Yeah, and I was very close. I was like walking through the center of the kind of arena where everything is, and they have like this little booth that's only for interviewers and interviewees. And all of a sudden, like screens come to life, and it was Matt Lanter Ooh. and. Sam Witwer being interviewed by whoever the interviewer were. And they were just Those like, two? Right there in front of me. I could have reached out and touched them, which of course is creepy. I would not have done that, but... I, I would have. I was that <laughs> Sorry. No, I wouldn't have. I was literally two feet from Matt Lanter and I hid behind a stand because I was like, oh, I don't know. Should I go so high? I don't want to... I know. He's, push, he's pushing his baby carriage. I don't want to be... I know. I'm so shy. I saw Ashley... Eckstein so many times at Comic-Con because I went to all mm-hmm. our panels about business because I was starting my own business at the time. And I was like taking spooky, creepy selfies being like, oh my God, look who's like in the back. <laughs> and she even said in one of my posts, she commented, next time come say hi. And it's like, I'm just too shy. Like, I don't want to just walk up to somebody assuming that like celebrities are celebrities, but that doesn't mean they're public property. You know, I don't want to yeah, just... and that they're, I mean, especially when they're pushing their newborn yeah. in a stroller, which by the way, kudos, Matt Lanter, that you were able to push a stroller through that massive area of hordes of people it was at Comic-Con. I mean, you couldn't even breathe. No. But here he comes pushing his, you know, kid in a stroller just with his wife, a cute little family. And yeah. I was just like, oh my God, there he is. I, know. I just didn't want to interrupt him. I didn't want to be that person. And yeah. there's, there's nothing bad about I I have spoken to a celebrity before, but it took me two hours to work up the courage to go do it. Yeah, I did too. I I was working in LA and Kiefer Sutherland came through the door into our studio 
And I just, I was just like, like I lost all control (laughs) over my face. And it was my job to like show him to the studio recording studio. And then I was supposed to go get him coffee later. And I was just like, I was a fucking mess. You were the coffee runner? Yeah, my job was... I love that. I worked at a post-production company, and if you've ever seen Devil Wears Prada, that was my life Yes, I was the gopher. It sucked. His German shepherd came up to me, and I, I at the time, was terrified of dogs, especially ones that are as tall as a human being. (laughs) (laughs) And he was like... He said to me, he's like, be careful, he's a killer. And I was like, really? I'm kind of scared of dogs. And he's like, oh no, he's really sweet. Don't, Don't worry. I was like... Is your German Shepherd going to eat me to death right now? <laughs> that is so cute, though. Yeah, it was a fun experience. But yeah, if I, I that's why, like, walking around cons and stuff, it's like, I'm too afraid to say hello to people. I'm so shy. <laughs> Sorry for the super crazy side tangent there. <laughs> Shall we uh, pull things back to Sam Witwer then? Probably and- not. But maybe... <laughs> And if you and if you're somewhere in Canada with a with a ghost and a werewolf, I'll meet you there too. <laughs> yeah, they just had a reunion for being human not too long ago. It was awesome. Also, he's in Battlestar Galactica. Oh, he's crashed. How did down. we miss for that? For anybody who who watched that show, it's a trip down memory lane. Now it's it like sure is, but super old an excellent now. one. Oh my god, I love that show. That's a whole other episode. <laughs> yes. <laughs> It could be its whole its own podcast, honestly. <laughs> we love you, Sam. Yeah, Sam is amazing. If you're not familiar with his work, definitely get into it. I know he's in Supergirl, right? He's mm-hmm. on Oh yeah, Supergirl, Supergirl. I, yes. I think currently maybe. He's also yep. got um he is in Days Gone, that other video game. It's a not a Star Wars video game, but I have not played it, but I am familiar with it. Yeah, people love it. It gets rave reviews all the time. Um yes. Yeah, he, I just like have so much respect for his huge variety of interests and talents and like basically just going after anything that's interesting to him. He's also really big into pit bull rescue and just Thank dog you. rescue in general. Yeah. He's a good person. He's a good human. Yeah. A cool dude and a damn, damn talented one. Yeah. That. Yeah. He's got a good soul. So well, I say that like I know him. I don't know that. But well, he seems from, to. From the facts that we have. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't turn him away for dinner. (laughs) (laughs) He has a seat at my table any day. (laughs) Turning this over to our wonderful listeners, our question to you this week is, besides Darth Maul, what is your favorite Sam Witwer role? Do you have one? Have we introduced you to one today? Letting you know all of his various... I mean, he's a talented dude. So let's give credit where credit is due. Definitely Aiden from Being Human, hands down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's I'm hot. going with Starkiller. I love the character of Starkiller. See, I need to get into Starkiller. I'm very excited. I've always loved the art and everything. And I'm... Yeah. That's going to be on my to-do list of, to, like... Do it. Get into Starkiller stuff. I want to The whole books. story yeah. is really great, so... That's I my love favorite. everything I've seen of it so far. Absolutely. So, yeah, it's, yeah. It's good. It's real good. So next week, we are going to have a conversation about a very special creature from Star Wars. Very special. Very, very special. The court jester of Star Wars creatures. 
<laughs> We're gonna talk about the one and only Salacious B. Crumb from Jabba's Palace. Everyone's favorite monkey lizard. Everyone's favorite monkey lizard. <laughs> <laughs> now you may be asking yourself, could you fill a whole episode about this animal? We can. We he has a backstory and we're gonna bring it to light and we're gonna give Salacious B. Crumb the 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 honor he deserves. Last week on the show, Leanne and I discussed Sith Obi-Wan and what-if scenarios that might push him towards the dark side. We asked our listeners what their thoughts on the subject were, and we got a really fun variety of responses. MH on YouTube said, Thank you so much for doing this episode. Dark Obi-Wan is one of my favorite AUs as well. I will be really, really angry if they do a literal slash real duel between Vader and Obi-Wan in the show because it would detract an unimaginable amount of significance from the duel in A New Hope. Uh, I kind of agree with you on that. Although I will say, Star Wars has a history of undermining their own content, so I wouldn't be surprised if they did do this. Also, Kenobi Wolf on Instagram said, I think the closest Obi-Wan Kenobi could have realistically converted to the dark side would have been had Qui-Gon lived and Qui-Gon and Dooku tried to sway him based on the corruption angle. But Obi-Wan wouldn't have seen it as going dark side. It would have been yet one more time in his life when he decided he had to do what was necessary for the greater good. And on Twitter, Duchess of Darksaber Light said, Sith Obi-Wan would be terrifying, cold, calculating, and utterly ruthless. That's a very interesting take on it, and I happen to agree with you. This week in the United States, we have a national holiday of Thanksgiving. It's where we take time to reflect on what we're grateful and thankful for. And Leanne and I are grateful for you, our listeners. We don't take you for granted, and we certainly appreciate all the love and support we've received. You guys have really touched our hearts. We wish you all a very happy Thanksgiving. As always, thank you for joining us here on the Most Things Kenobi podcast. Remember to follow us on Tumblr, Twitter, and Instagram, and don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast player. Plus, you can always find us over at mostthingskenobi.com. So, until next time, my space twin, may the force be with you. Always.